Welcome to Code Whack, your podcast on America's broken healthcare system and how Medicare for all could help. I'm your host, Brenda Gazar. How are seniors meeting their needs for late life long-term care? What are California's biggest obstacles to winning single-payer Medicare for All, which would include long-term care? To find out, we spoke to Jody Reed, the Executive Director of the California Alliance of Retired Americans, a grassroots senior advocacy organization. She has 40 years of organizing experience on issues ranging from healthcare to housing. Welcome to Code Whack, Jody. Many state Medicare for All bills, including California's most recent Medicare for All bill, AB 1400, include coverages that currently aren't covered by Medicare, like long-term care. Can you tell us why long-term care is so important for seniors and how are their needs for late-life long-term care currently being met? Well, I'll start with the second part, which is the long-term care needs are not being met very well. So it is well known that people do better, happier, healthier, and live longer if they can age in a place with the most independence and in their communities, with their families, with their friends, with their congregations, and with a little bit of assistance can stay independent potentially to the end of life. But that care is really expensive and ranges in California anywhere from $25 to $100 an hour for someone to come out and provide what's called assistance with daily living activities, things like showering and feeding and medicating and stuff like that. Nursing homes and residential care facilities, many of which are paid for with public dollars, are much more expensive. Costs close to now, the estimates are close to $100,000 per person per year that is on the public dime for the most part. So just like the idea of guaranteed health care for all saving money, keeping people at home with some assistance so that they can do that safely and preferably is not only more humane, it's also more affordable, but it's not covered by Medicare. So you have to be Medi-Cal or Medicaid eligible to receive any kind of those services right now. They're only publicly supported. And so you have to be very, very low income in order to qualify for home care or other kinds of long-term supports. You know, there's case management services and other kinds of services, including, you know, an incredible model called PACE, where you basically go, well, pre-COVID, it's Medicare and Medicaid combined to provide full person care, both social services and medical services. So there's all kinds of innovative programs, but they're really only only using public dollars. So you have to be income eligible. And that leaves out more than two thirds of the Medicare population in California. Mm -hmm. So not only is it really expensive, What winds up happening often is that family members wind up providing that care because they can't afford it otherwise. And that has all kinds of repercussions, taking some family members out of the workforce, which lowers the income for that family. Often these folks have younger family members to care for, as well as their elderly parents. And it's a huge burden on families, but two thirds of people who are getting care at home are getting them from a family member without any financial support or training (laughs) or respite. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's a huge strain on our workforce, but also on our families. 
Yeah, right. Thank you. California Governor Gavin Newsom convened the Healthy California for All Commission, which was established to achieve access to health care for all Californians through a unified financing system, including single payer. What do you think about the commission? I'm not a big fan of commissions to do policy in the first place. Sometimes it feels like that's just a way to push it off and not really deal with um, the real solutions and the real issues at hand and to have some other body that comes up with a proposal that often, if it's not a politically feasible proposal, doesn't go anywhere and is an excuse for doing what we all know is the smartest, best thing to do. On the other hand, there is a huge issue in California and our ability to move a single payer or guaranteed health care plan, however you want to define it, forward. And that's the money. The biggest argument by the legislature and members of the public and the media is how are you going to pay for it? And so the purpose of this commission, as stated by the governor, is to come up with, a, as you said, a unified financing plan. And we need that plan because that could answer the question that many legislators have used as their reason not to support and have hid behind. And it is not an unreasonable thing to want to know how you're going to cover everybody with better benefits at less cost and still save money. So that's a question that has to be answered. The commission is a mixed bag of folks, some of whom are single payer supporters and want to and have been working on this question for a long time and are anxious to provide the proposal that will help us move forward. But there are others who have always been skeptical. Some of them come from the insurance industry or are connected to the insurance industry and don't have a real interest in changing things. And so I am nervous about or skeptical about whether this very diverse group of commissioners can come up with a proposal that they can all sign on to that will answer the question and provide the way forward in terms of financing. But having said that, there are some bright lights in that commission and some folks who have really made it clear, have provided studies, you know, looked at other countries and, and what they have been able to successfully do. And the information is there to make the right decision. And part of the job of all of us in the public is to push the commission and ultimately the governor to taking the road that's going to get us to single payer. But that road is unclear right now, given the diversity of the commission. Right. So do you think that it's more likely that the commission will be central to California winning single payer in the future? Or do you think it's more likely that it'll be a footnote? Well, I want to say the first that it'll be the way we get there and that what they come up with will be useful in moving forward. And I'm hoping, I mean, one of the things that we've been talking about sort of in the single payer activist community is, you know, like in the Supreme Court where there is a majority decision and that's they vote and that and and one of the the justices writes up the decision of the majority and why there's often what's called a minority report and those who disagreed and voted differently write a reason their rationale and we're hoping that at the very least we can get a very clear secondary report from those who are pushing for this a single payer system of financing um, so that we can utilize that to say, yes, the commission came up with this, and I think it will probably be fairly generic and probably not take us where we want, where we need to go. But if we can get some, um, you know, other 
proposals on the table to say, here's another way um, that came from your very own commissioners and try and help move that forward that will have a, you know, a plan B that we can rally around and use. And that's, I am hoping that we can get at least that. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Judy. What do you think absolutely must happen before we win single payer? Well, I think that we need to educate the public. I think there's a lot of, it's easy to say, yes, everyone should have access to healthcare. Healthcare is a human right. But I think um, we we have a huge media challenge, a publicity challenge, a marketing challenge, because the, the, the status quo has every interest in keeping things the way they are, because they're making millions and billions of dollars by charging us high prices that are not contained. Um, And so I think the policy is clear. I don't think there's anybody who can disagree that in the countries that have a single payer program, whether it's national health care or some, what we're talking about, which is a publicly funded but privately provided um, system, which is the, what we're envisioning here in California, that's what's in AB 1400 and all the other predecessor bills. We're not talking about changing who provides care and where they choose to provide their care, whether it's in a Kaiser system or individually as a provider. Um, and they're paid privately by this government fund that's a single fund and people send in their invoices and get reimbursed for the care that they provide. But they can do that provision, however, in whatever kind of networks they want. Whereas like in England, for example, everybody works for the National Health Program. They're public employees um, as health providers. That would not be what we're proposing here. So, but the policy, there seems to be, even amongst the commission, agreement that the policy is a good one. The issue is fund, funding for, for many of the people on that um, commission. It's the political will. And so the political will needs to happen by us and the, the, the public requiring our elected officials to champion this, to lead on this, to vote for this, because we're never going to compete with campaign contributions and the money that the industry currently has. But our elected officials also have to win a vote by the people. And so part of our power is by making sure more and more people understand what this is, why it's better, how it will work, how it will save them money and provide better care, and then forcing our elected officials to stand up. Otherwise, we'll, we, we won't be in a position ever monetarily to compete with the insurance industry and the pharmaceutical industry. So I think that's our biggest challenge. Yes, we need to convince the legislators and the governor and others to go for it, but we are the people who have to convince them to do it. And so it means we need to be engaged and educated. Mm-hmm. I think COVID is, is going to help us. That's the only good news out of COVID that I can even possibly think of is that now everybody or many people realize that my health care impacts your health. My health has a direct impact on your health and that we're all healthier together. And I think we've learned that um, in a pandemic, if we've learned nothing else, and that it pays to have us all have access to good health care so that we can keep ourselves and our neighbors and our families safe and healthy, too. So um, that I think the message is becoming clearer now because we what we've been saying as sort of a motto, we're living. Right, right. Great point. Thank you so much, Jody. Really appreciate your time today. Sure, thank you for having me. 
Find more Code Whack episodes on ProgressiveVoices.com and on the PV app. You can also subscribe to Code Whack wherever you find your podcasts. This podcast is powered by Heal California, uplifting the voices of those fighting for healthcare reform around the country. I'm Brenda Gazar.